like your comfort. And there are so many great things, Lord, that you have in store for us as, as we stay hooked up with you. And we thank you that that's our plan. That's our desire that you birth in us and will continue to go forward. In Jesus' name, everybody agree with that? Say amen. amen. All right. And then here's some other books that I have. How many have this God's creative power? How many are familiar with this by Charles Capps? Yeah, no, some of you are, some of you are not. But let me read this to you. And it says this, it says right on the, right on the inside, because we're talking about God's creative power will work for you. He has here the great confession. He said this, that Christianity is called the great confession. He says this, faith-filled words will put you over. How many believe that? I do. Then he says, fear-filled words will defeat you. So think about the words that we're saying. But words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Now, how many of you would like to have, have one of these here? Any of you? Okay, good. All right. So we'll go right back here. I have uh, four of them. So that's one, two, three. Anyone else? We've got one more. It's going to cost the last person. No, I'm just joking. Here you go. That's yours. A smile. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do together. Together, we have our confessions. Right? So when I say read or ready read, we're going to read them together. We Pat, we gave you that handout. All right? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Read. I know what I confess, and I know what I possess. I confess Jesus as my Lord. Romans 10, 9 through 10 possesses sorry, salvation. I confess that with his stripes... We are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. I possess healing. I confess that the Son has made me free. John 8, 36. I possess absolute freedom. Come on. It's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Romans 5, 5. I possess the ability to love everyone. I confess that the righteousness, excuse me, are bold as a lion. Proverbs 28, 1. Come on. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13.5, I possess the presence, I confess that I am the redeemed of the Lord, Psalm 107.2, I possess redemption benefits every day, I confess that the anointing of the Holy One abideth in me, 1 John 2, 27, I possess yoke-destroying results by his anointing. Ooh, that's good. I confess that in the name of Jesus, I can cast out devils, Mark 16, 17. I possess the authority for dynamic deliverances. I confess that I can lay on the sick Mark 16:18 I possess healing power for those oppressed by sickness. I confess that my God shall supply all my needs. Philippians 4:19 I will lack for nothing since I possess God's abundant supply. Confess and possess the way is clearly marked. Isn't that good? Praise God. Ooh, I like that. All right. So you have your Bibles with you. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 2. Man, there's something about Wednesday night. I always like to say it this way. I thank God for Sunday. I thank God for being able to come to church, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night. We don't have one yet, evening service, but just Sunday morning. But the thing about midweek is like we're going all week and we're giving out. Say we're giving out. I like to say it this way, you know, you leak. Just like you have babies that have diapers on, and sometimes what happens is they just have a little bit of something, something going in the diaper, and they leak. You follow what I'm saying, okay? So you give out. Say, I give out. 
Or you can say it this way, man, it seems like life just, just presses on you and tries to squeeze you in a mold. Guess what? You have to pray, and you have to, you know, keep your faith, and you have to watch what you say. And guess what? You're constantly giving out. So when you do that, you leak. That's what I like to say, you leak. So it's important to understand that we have to continue to make confession. We have to continue to speak the word of God over ourselves. We have to watch what comes out of our mouths. I said we have to watch it. Isn't that right? And so let's talk about the importance of confession tonight. How many have ever heard yourself say something? You go, oops, come on now. I know I have. It's like, where did that come from? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, Lord, somebody help me, right? And then sometimes you look around. Why? Because you hope nobody, everybody else heard. It's like, oh, man, did somebody hear me say that? And, mm-hmm, okay. You know, or somebody walked by and say, I heard that. Okay, so we're going to talk a little about that. Now, here's the thing that's, I think, so important about confession. Perhaps some people never realize it. Listen to this. But to a great extent, I really, mean, I really believe this, to a great extent that they're ruled or we are ruled by our words. You tell someone, you know, successful, I do it all day long. You know what I do? I mean, wow. I mean, just this week I had a situation to where, you know, there is a medical bill, and you have so much money that you're supposed to pay this bill. And I was working with the wife, and another adjuster was working with the husband. Well, the husband's on the road. He's traveling, doing his thing and all that. And so we, we paid the medical bill, and we're moving along. I close it out. Well, we get a call. The other adjuster gets a call from the husband. He's hot. He's upset because he wanted another bill to be paid. Well, automatically, before I even make the phone call, guess what I'm thinking? If he's hot, what we got to do? We got to put some cold water on this. Right away, right? Because he's hot. Cool him off, you know? So basically what we do, we get on the phone and he starts off. Of course, he starts off real nice, you know? I introduce myself. He says hello. And I say hello. All of a sudden, bam! So what we send up to, we just listen and we talk and listen and we talk. We have to diffuse the situation. But you can tell that as people are talking and really what he was under is a lot of stress. His son happened to be in a car accident where the seatbelt that he was wearing actually broke. He was in the vehicle in the truck, in the truck that he was in. He was a passenger. The driver who was driving the truck, unfortunately, didn't have insurance. So he hit a wall. Well, when his seatbelt broke, he's in the front seat. Guess where he went through? The windshield. He hit the wall, and guess where he came back into? Mm, Through the windshield. Wow. He got messed up bad. I mean, scratches, you can imagine just plastic surgery all over the place. So you can tell that this, this ordeal was really heavy and weighty on the parents. And they're stressed out. Well, you got to remember that. You know, you just have to understand, put yourself in their shoes as you're diffusing situations. You know what I'm talking about. And so we get to talking and all that stuff. And he said, well, and then he wanted, started getting into he said and she said. And I said, I don't know what he said and she said. But here's what I know what I'm going to say. You know what? We are sorry about what happened to your son. You know that. And if, if we've done anything or said anything, I apologize for that. We care about you. We care about your son. And we are definitely sorry for any type of, guess what, misunderstanding or confusion. I said this, and I said, I understand. I have kids like you do. I have grandkids. All of, my, all of a sudden, you can tell. Shh. You have to learn how to talk to people. Well, that's one situation. And then, of course, I know I've got to order bills from providers. Guess what I do, especially when you get to talking. And they're like, oh, you need this. Well, I just turn on the charm. Turn on the charm. Y'all have charm, don't you? You know if you want something, you know how to work it, Cindy, don't you? I know you do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so all I'm saying is you have to learn how to talk to people. And if somebody is really nice, you know what I notice? If somebody's really nice, guess what? I pointed out. You are really nice. Has anybody told you today and whatever comes to your mind? You know, thank you so much. We appreciate, you know, what you do. They go, wow. You know, you're awesome. They go, I am? Yes, you are. And has anybody told you that today? They go, no. I said, well, let me be the first one. Isn't that cool? And guess what they do? What do you want? Come on. Oh, what do I want? I want the bill. Just give me the bill. You know what I'm saying? So I can pay it. Close this, cl- Listen, close this claim. You have to learn how to work with people. Now, why do you say that? Let me say why I say that. Because you have to know how to deal with people. Now, that's just the business side. Okay. But then what are you saying now when you leave the job or when you leave church? See, we can sit in church and we, we, can, we made our confessions. Man, we can confess all kinds of things, right? And it sounds great. Now I'm out these four walls. What am I saying? Uh-oh. I mean, it's, it's blessings coming out of one side of my mouth and then 
Guess what? Curses is coming out of the other side of my mouth. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Man, praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, we see somebody get on my nerve. Blankety, blank, blank. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Now, am I right about it? You say, believers, believers, believe it. And you go, whoa. And sometimes, unfortunately, they don't even realize that they said it. What did I say? You know what you said? No, I don't know what I said. Wow. You know why? Because basically what's happening is they get so engrossed in what's happening in the moment that they don't even hear themselves. So I'm saying understand that the words you speak, to a great extent, you're ruled by those words. If you say you're dumb, if you say you can't do anything right, if you say you can never make your ends meet, all these things begin to weigh on you. Watch what comes out of your mouth. If you say nobody likes me, come on, I never amount to anything. All of these, to a great extent, these words, man, they pile up and they wear you down. Okay? You know what they said before. Everybody, I don't know who came up with this saying, but that sticks and stones may what? But words what? You know that's a lie? Do you know that? I wonder who came up with that. A caring mother. Well, anyways, caring or not, it is not true. <laughs> I'll tell you that. They may care, but I'll tell you what. But they do because words can hurt. Listen, I know this. If words can create the universe, words can also destroy a person. You know why? Because they're powerful. Say words are powerful. Well, let's look together at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. I have the NIV, and of course, as we always do on Wednesday night, I like the setting because it's really a setting to learn. It's a setting to grow. And, and so I have the NIV. I'm going to read verse 2. Notice what it says out of the NIV. And it may be a little bit different. But if you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. That's what it's talking about, okay? So someone else read verse 2 for me, and, and let us know what translation you have, please. Did y'all hear that? How many believe it's important to keep your word? If you tell someone you're going to be there, guess what? You should be there. Come on. If you tell someone you're going to help them, you should what? Help them. I'm telling you, really, it's, it's amazing because a lot of times what happens in life is people don't realize that their reputation is on the line. Imagine if God, and he says in his word, God, you know, you take a hold of a promise and God says, you know, uh, the word of God says, I'll, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. And all of a sudden, God's not there for you. How would you feel about that? Would you like it? No. You would say, wow, who wants to serve someone like that? Right? Who wants to serve God? But you know what happens? is when we give our word and we say, you know what? I'm praying for you. I'll be there for you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to bring you to the hospital. And then all of a sudden, you never show up. Or someone's at the hospital. Hey, can I get a ride? Sure, I'll be there. Next thing you know, an hour goes by. Where's that person at? Well, I'll tell you what. Will they ask them again for a ride? Why? Because they didn't keep their word. Who has another translation? Thank you for reading that. Who has Proverbs 6.2 in a different translation? Go ahead and read it for us. It's all right. Not everybody at one time. Wow. Man, that's new century. You might be trapped by what you say. You may be caught by your own words. What does that mean to y'all? Somebody talk to me. What does that mean to you? How important is that scripture? What is it saying? Anyone? What's your thought? Ooh, okay. Okay. So, so let's look at it this way. Let's look at it in a, we can look at it in a negative way, right? And we can also look at it in what? In a positive. If your words will come back to bite you, right, in a negative, what will they do in a positive? They'll come back to what? Come, oh, that's good. Right, someone else. Let me say it again. If, if the words you speak out that are negative, they may come back and do what? Bite you. But if you're speaking positive words, they come back, they'll do what? One, one person said what? They'll bless you. Anyone else? What do they do? They'll, they'll bless you. They'll increase you. I mean, they'll help you. You see? So we have to look. I like to say there's two, as you know, there's two sides to every coin. Now, when you're talking about stories, there's three sides. You know that, right? Okay. So this, it's his side. It's her side. And somewhere in the middle is the truth. But in a coin, there's only two sides, right? You flip it heads or tails. Are you with me? All right? Okay. So we're not talking about that. 
But so, so let's go to Hebrews 3.1. Let's see what Hebrews 3.1 says. Confession, you know what confession is as you're turning there? Confession is simply saying what God says. Wow. God, what do you say about the matter? When you guys deal with situations in your life, you know, do you actually immediately or maybe you don't? And we have to, you know, we have to identify where we are at times. Do you agree with me on that? Like say, man, I need to work on this. Lord, help me with this. Because if we don't reach for the word of God immediately, the first thing that we should be thinking of when we're going through an issue and trial, that means that we're not, we're not using the word skillfully. Can I say that? Okay. I mean, we're just not using it skillfully. That's all. But when a thought comes or an issue comes up in our life, immediately we start thinking about God's word and his word is coming out of our mouth. And that means we are skillfully using the word. So Hebrews chapter 3 Verse 1, Hebrews chapter 3. Are you there? Okay. Somebody read that for us, please. So here we have Jesus who is the apostle and high priest whom we confess. So we're making confession. Now, let me tell you this about faith if you're taking notes. Faith's testimony is this. This is so important about faith's testimony. Faith's testimony, listen, is talking the language of the Bible at all times. Faith's testimony is talking the language of the Bible at all times. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't see things as it appears naturally looking at it that it's working for your favor. What you want to continue to do is stay with the word. Say stay with the word. So faith's testimony, think about, you know what I think about immediately? I think about Abraham. You know, think about it. You know, and, and, and the Bible says, I mean, you can read over there in Romans chapter 4, and you can see all in that. But, but his faith confession is he stayed with the promise of God, even though he knew that in his body, he knew, naturally speaking, that he could not have children. But he stayed with what God said, and he kept saying what God said. Faith's testimony is this. Let me say it again. It is talking the language of the Bible when? At all times, you know, when we get in trouble, if you will, when we stop talking the Bible, you see, at all times. Think about it. And we use to we substitute different words, words that are not even in the Bible. Are you with me? Because if we're not talking the Bible at all times, then what are we talking? What's what are we saying? What's coming out of our mouths? You see, we have to ask ourselves and, and what I'm saying is it is it lining up with the word of God? If you're believing God for a promotion, should you go and say, well, I don't know. This is going to be a good day or not. I might get fired. Who talks like that? But, you know, some people do. Think about it. You know what I'm saying? They do. Right. They're thinking like, man, I just had a, I had such a hard day today. I just don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get anything done tomorrow. Well, you already set the course of your day for tomorrow. So when you walk in the office, what are you thinking? It's going to be a hard day. <laughs> Think about that. Or you sit at your desk and say, well, I don't want to talk to nobody. When you know your job is on the phone. <laughs> How can you do that? I don't want to talk to nobody today. Really? Then you need to get another job then. I mean, think about that. We say things, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's just amazing some of the things that we say that we really have to ask ourselves, where did that come from? But we laugh because that's natural things, right? Well, what if we said, well, I don't know if my needs will be met today. Uh-oh. Where'd that come from? Because if that came out of our heart, then we believe that. Because the Bible says what? Out of the abundance, come on, help me, of your is that confession? Come on now. So this is why it's important. Where do we want to sow the word of God? We want to place it where? In our hearts. Now, our heart is not the physical organ that I'm talking about that beats and processes and moves blood throughout your body. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your spirit. You have to continue to apply the word to your life. Continue to apply the word to situations. How many of you know that, that you can't just plant flowers and just look at them and every day you say wow what if they're going to grow if you don't water it what's going to happen right they're going to wither up but you start seeing them and saying how come they're not standing up straight what would you say and you caught go ahead what <laughs> did y'all hear her confession did you hear that confession oh uh oh uh oh that's all right so so but she's saying but you know what that can change 
I can change. Come on, let me, let me hold your hand here because I got that anointing. Come on, somebody. All right. you, know, you know what I say that? I know this is so bad. Let me, I, just thought, I, 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 oh, I just thought about this. How many of you know you can't let anybody work on your head? Oh, oh you know. Oh. <laughs> you can't let anybody cut your hair. You know, come on now, are you with me? Where'd that come from? We say they got to have a growing hand. If they don't, woo, you'll be bald-headed. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Oh, y'all ain't with me. Let me get back to the notes. All right. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. Woo, Lord Jesus. What? Mm. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, if this is a culture, it may be a cultural thing. I don't know. <laughs> it may be a cultural thing. Did you hear that? Have you ever, you never heard that before? Oh, ooh. Okay, let me tell you something. Well, let me tell you this here. Let me tell you this here. If you go into a, be- a beauty shop, a beautician, there's people who say that they, they've been, they, now listen, I believe it's a calling. Whatever you do, I believe it's a calling. Okay, you're with me. Yes. Some of them are not. So guess what? Don't go to the ones who are not. Your, your hair will fall out. That's what that means. Miss Janet, got it? Okay, let's go. All right, so let's go <laughs> Yeah, if you don't want, listen, listen, now I ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to be, ooh, Lord Jesus. Okay. Listen, all I know is this. I've gone places and somebody cut my hair. I look at it and I go, mm, I ain't coming back. Now, listen, if you go back, then guess what? It's your fault. And you take a comb and you go, what's going on here? Because they left that little relaxing in there a little bit too long. I thought you knew what you was doing. No, don't go back. Okay, that's all I'm trying to tell you. Growing hand. Now, I don't know how we got off on that, but... But listen, your hands are anointed to grow flowers. That's how we got off on that. Why you let me go down that path? Come on. Okay. Here we go. Let's get back to faith's testimony. I just taught y'all a whole life lesson right there. Okay. Here's faith testimony. Okay. Listen to this. Talking the language of the Bible at all times. Now, this is important. Resisting Satan with, here it is, thus saith the Lord. Ooh, I like that. You see, you put him on the run. We say, thus saith the Lord, or we can say like Jesus said, it is written. It is written, right? Guess what? Thus saith the Lord. And you know what you're doing? You're claiming your rights at the throne of grace. Every time you say, thus saith the Lord, or it is written, you are claiming your rights and what belongs to you. Turn with me over to the book of Hebrews. You'll see what I'm talking about. And you know, uh, Hebrews 4.16, do you know that there are believers today that when they come before the throne of grace, they come and, and their, head, their head is bowed down, but it's not out of, out of honor and it's not out of humility. It's out of the fact that they don't believe that if they go to God, they'll receive anything from him. There's no confidence. So as a believer, we need to know that when we go to God and we go to the throne of grace, that something is going to happen every time. All right? So we find ourselves reading Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. I know you're already there. Listen to what it says out of the NIV, 4.16. It says, verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with, without confidence. Thank you. Notice it says, with what? Confidence. With confidence. So that we may receive what? Mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Ooh, I like that. Now, the, the Amplified, I says, I believe it says, it says good time or good help or, or, or help right on time just when you need it. All right? Something like that. So that's help. Who has a different translation? Go ahead. Come on now. Oh, thank you, Lord. I received that. That's right. Just when you need it. Somebody else? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's good. So let's do what? Let's walk what? Is that bold? Yeah. But he tells us to do what? Come boldly. To come boldly. Listen, we should have confidence when we come before the throne of grace so that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in that time of need just when you need it. Man, that's powerful. Lord, I need help. I'll come on to the throne. Walk up to it. Come on, as I said, walk, just rock, walk right up. Woo, that's confidence. That means, guess what? What God has provided for you, you know. A person who walks in boldness and comes before God, they know their rights. They know their rights in the kingdom of God. 
and that they have covenant rights and it belongs to them. So here's what I want to say. The reason why I gave you that confession, because I want you as you go out tonight and as we go forward, that you have, you have this on the inside of you, that when you're speaking God's word or you and you're believing for something, that you will boldly confess what belongs to you. Say boldly confess. Well, let's look at some scriptures in that we can boldly confess. All right, here we go. Let's go to Psalm, Psalm 27. Let's look at that. We're talking about boldly confessing. I want to boldly confess what God says. Boldness simply means this, is that I have confidence. I have confidence. So we're looking to the book of Psalms, Psalm 27, 1. Psalm 27, 1. Boldly, boldly, boldly. Thank you, Lord. It's not because of something we've done. It's because of something what? That he's done. Right? Here's what the NIV says. Psalm 27, 1. Are you there? It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isn't that boldly? Come on now. And see, this is making a boldly, a bold confession. Somebody else read that for us. That was NIV. Who's got something else? Mm -hmm. Anybody? Mm. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? It's like when you have to go, I mean, and you, I like to say it this way. Can I tell you, for me, an application, it's just a faith application for me. And I can only talk about me. I can't talk about you. But like when I go for an interview, I've ever gone for any interview. First of all, I believe that every job I apply for is mine. I mean, right away. I don't walk in, I don't walk in an interview thinking like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get this job. If that's the case, don't even show up. I mean, I'm just telling you what I believe. That's just, that's just me, okay? I believe there that I'm there to, listen, interview them. They're not there to interview me. Well, hold on now. Y'all ain't with me. I believe that, listen, I believe that why should I give you what I have? You have to earn it. Oh, see, people don't understand that. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you that. Because if you don't, you're going to walk in like, oh, uh, uh, um, well, uh, what, what, why are you here? I don't know. What? You don't know why you're here? You're here to take over. <laughs> no, you, you, why are you here? You're here to make a mark. You're here to make a difference. If you, know, if you say, I don't know, next. Now, listen, they may not say it verbally, and you watch their pencil and pen. Now everything's just cordial. Have a nice day. You ain't getting a job. But I'm telling you, you have to learn how to come in and take what belongs to you. I remember when I was in the military. Man, they have this thing called below the zone. That means you can go in there and you can earn stripes. You know, you have to study. You have to prepare. But, man, I tell you what, my, my, the chief, master sergeant, and everybody, they're preparing me. You know, I said, now, when you go in there, you know, at that time, just an airman, I just had two stripes, and we're trying to get more stripes, more stripes, more money. Right. Come on, more food. <laughs> okay, so you know what I'm saying. So guess what? That's right. You, you pay your bill. Come on now. Bless. Uh, favor. So he said, here's what you need to do. And they gave me some pointers. Of course, you've got to study. You can't walk in there to ask you a question. And below the zone simply means this. They can ask you. They have four subjects. They can ask you current events. They can ask you anything about the military. And there's two other things they can ask you. And guess what? Whatever they ask you, you better know the answer. Yeah, you don't know where to come from. They just tell you. You know, they can ask you something about sports. They can ask you something about the weather. They can ask you anything. Yeah. So when you go in there, though, he said, own it. I said, that's no problem for me. <laughs> And you know what? Knock on the door. You don't go in there like this. Let me tell you, you don't go, well, you don't go in there like this here. No. It's like they won't even answer you. These are people who are chief master sergeants, colonels, and everybody above. They don't hear nobody knocking like that. I mean, you've got to come in and you've got to bang the door down. I went in there and it's like, boom, boom, boom. All they said, come in. I'm like, oh, yes. I'm letting them know that that stripe is mine as soon as I'm walking in. Come in, did my little saluting, stood up before him, and they tell me to sit down. I sat down straight, asked me a question, looked at him direct, boom, boom, boom. Now I'm done. Then they said, then they said well, uh, you're free to go. I said, oh, no, I have some questions for you. Oh, this they're like, uh-oh, okay, okay. Then they leaned back and stuff like that. I said, let me tell you why I believe that stripe is mine. They said, well, go ahead then. I told them. 
Listen, I knew when I told them. In fact, I knew before I even went in. I knew when I was coming out, I had a strike. I, I mean, I'm just telling you right now. That's just, people can say whatever you want. That's what I believe. That's what I prayed for. Don't waste your time. If you're not believing God, and if you're not believing that they had like three or four stripes, I said one of them were mine. I don't, I, and I make no difference what the other ones are. They're my, one's mine. <laughs> Guess what? That morning, before I even walked in, on my desk was a strike. Now, I, guess what? I've already thanked God when? Before. And I expected when I walked in that I would see it. And we did. So everybody's celebrating. I already did. I'm thinking like, okay, how can I get another one? See, I'm, I'm telling you, that's how we're moving. That's, so you need to think that way. But when you walk in and you're believing God, listen, that's just naturally speaking. But when you go to God, you've got to go to God and believe that, God, this is mine. By faith, I declare it's mine. It belongs to me. Healing belongs to me. Favor belongs to me. Whatever God says in his word belongs to you. And you boldly confess. He likes us to boldly come before him and declare what belongs to us. You see? Because then you know your covenant. You know your rights. All right? Oh, I can tell you all kinds of stories and stuff, interview. I like interviewing. Did y'all like interviewing? I love it. I'm just saying. I'm just kind of wired that way. Okay, anyways. But, you know, it's like a coach. Like a coach. I like coaching, too. A coach gives you all these encouraging words before you go out there. A coach tells you you're going to win before you even start the game. Right? A coach will tell you even halfway through the game, even though you're down, you're going to still win. That's a good coach. A good coach doesn't focus on the negative, focus on the positive. Keep doing what you're doing, right? See, and, and it's important that the people you allow to speak in your life, the people you allow to be around you, depends on what they're saying. Listen, listen to people who are around you. Listen to people that you allow and hang out with every day. And if they're constantly in the mully grubs, help them. If they want to stay in the mully grubs, then you know, Sometimes you've got to kick them in the seat of the pants. Or y'all don't do that. Y'all don't understand what I mean by that. Not physically kick them. <laughs> Encourage them strongly. Come on, do you know what you're saying? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know the effects of your words? Come on now. And then you have to get to the point to say, listen, you know, I don't talk that way. I don't believe that way. And if we're going to hang out and do fellowship together, something's going to have to change. You just have to say, listen. You know, I, I believe in the kingdom of God, and I'm a child of God, I'm a child of the kingdom. You know, I don't talk like that, I don't act like that, I don't walk like that. You know, so you can't sit up here talking about you going to church, and then we get out of church or whatever, and like I said, everything is a cuss word. Come on now, somebody. You say, does that exist? Yes, it does. You know, I'm, I'm telling you. You got to learn to be honest. We got to learn to say, listen, just stop playing games. You know, just, just lay a hold of what belongs to you and walk in it, all right? So I like to say this. Say this with me. Say, under all circumstance, under all circumstance at, all times, at all times, I speak God's language. Speak God's Isn't that good? Yes. Man, that's good. So that means no matter what's happening, under all circumstances, at all times, because you have to be consistent, you speak God's language. So like tonight, it's like being in a locker room. I'm, I'm encouraging you in the spiritual locker room what to do. All right? Now listen to this. You know what confession is? I don't know if you're taking notes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this slowly because this is worth the whole night right here. Okay? Confession is affirming something that you believe. Number one, confession is affirming something that you believe. Number two, it is testifying of something that you know. Let me say number one again. One, it is affirming something that you believe. Two, testifying of something you know. Number three, you know what it is? It's witnessing of a truth which you embrace. Wow. So on the three accounts, one, you affirm. Two, you testify of what you affirm. Are you with me? Three, you witness what you affirm and testify by embracing it. All right? Let me give it to you one more time. All right? Confession is affirming something that you believe. Secondly, it's testifying of something that you know. Thirdly, it is witnessing of a truth that you embrace. It, this takes commitment. This takes commitment. Turn with me to Second Peter. Second Peter chapter, chapter 1. 
Oh, this is, this is so important that, that we say we believe the word, then, man, let's act like it. Let's get in the word. Let's allow the word to mold and shape our lives and our very nature. Are you with me? See? So Second Peter, you got First Peter, you got Second Peter. Let's go there. All right? And then we're going to look at chapter 1. If you found it, say praise the Lord. All right. So, so here we have, we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. I have chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. Of where? First Peter or second? Which one? Good. Someone read that for us. Three and four. Go right ahead. It's an evil desires. Here's the two words I want you to look for. I don't mean to mean to cut you off. Thank you. Here's the words I want you to look for. Life. Look for life and nature. Did we see life and nature in what you read? Did you see that somewhere at all? Where at? What, where, where did you see that? What, what verse? Did y'all see that? Life and nature. That's what I want you to look at. Okay. So you, Life, okay, you see that? Life and godliness through our knowledge. And then where do you see nature at? Verse 4. So what happens, let me say this again as we hear another from someone else. Listen, God's word, I believe this, and I want you to believe this too. God's word has to become molded into your life. His word must become molded into, I mean, I mean, into your very life, listen, and nature. Your life and nature. All right, someone else read. Let us know what translation you have. Read it. His divine nature. Did you hear that? Come on. And, and notice what it says. His divine, NIV says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life. Isn't that good? What does everything mean? Everything. Everything. That's right. Everything you need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The NIV goes on and says in verse 4, it says, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, his promises, that you may participate in divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Man, that's good. We'll go over to Hebrews 13.6. Here's another great reference for us. Wow, this is powerful. I'm excited about the word. How about you? God is good. So let's flip back and let's look at Hebrews 13, 6. And let us know, I mean, if you can, I mean, we're talking about being able to, to boldly confess what God says. Well, someone read that for us and let us know what translation you have. Go right ahead. I'm fearless. I'm not afraid. So that, listen, we may boldly say, I like what it says, the Lord is my helper. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear, come on, what man shall do to me. Isn't that good? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. See, and when, when you know what belongs to you and someone tries to, to withhold naturally because of whatever, I mean, sometimes you find yourself in situations, whether we like it or not, a lot of times people are in leadership that shouldn't be in leadership. Come on now. And what happens is they don't understand. Or there's some people, I know, again, I have to just speak of the military. And I was in the military, you know, you, you, get, you get graded and you have this APR system, your Airman Performance Report. And what happens is you try to get all nines. That's all they would get nine. It wouldn't do ten, but all nines. But what would happen is, is that there will be those that say, you know what, well, I'm just going to give you an eight because I don't believe anybody deserves a nine. Where do you get that from? Because someone dealt with them that way. Do you see what I'm saying? And so that does, that, that's not right. If a person deserves it, then you give them what they deserve. They say, well, I would have given you a nine, but nobody's perfect. We ain't talking about perfection. We're talking about doing our job. Well, you can look across the table and tell you ain't perfect. Because if you were, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I just see things different. I'm just telling you. So you know what? I was looking for my nines all the time. Okay, well, I'm just telling you, that's, what I, that's, what, that's where I'm at, okay? Now, let's look at 1 John 4, 4. We're talking about boldly. Say boldly. boldly. See? And when you do your part, now listen, this doesn't come without doing your part. You just can't be lazy. Uh-oh. You just can't be lazy and say, oh, well, you know, I believe this is mine. Okay, I believe this is mine. Well, what's yours? I don't know, but it's mine. No, you've got to study the word. You can't be spiritually lazy. And listen, if you want a promotion on a job, you can't be lazy. You can't say, I'm going to show up whenever I want to show up. I'm going to leave whenever I want to leave. I'm going to produce the kind of work that whatever I want to produce. Well, guess what? You know what? First of all, you definitely won't get a promotion, and you may find yourself out the door. If I was a supervisor, I would. 
Ooh. I'm just being honest. You know why? Because what happens is, is especially believers, we are representing the kingdom of God. Everywhere we go, we should strive for excellence. Everything we do should be about what? Excellence. We set the example. I like to say it this way. You set the pace in everything you do. Listen, we have been called, and this is a heavenly calling, and we should stand out head and shoulders above everyone else, not with pride, but because of whose we are. We belong to God. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You have the mind of Christ. And you have the ability, the anointing. You, you, you may not know how to, how to do something. You pray and ask God to show you and you figure it out. They give you a task and you say, well, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, wait a minute, watch out what's coming out of your mouth. You may not know how to do it now, but you say, Lord, I thank you right now for wisdom. Come on now. And you begin to believe God for wisdom. and say, Lord, help me how to do this. And you go forward believing, having confidence, and he will. I said he will. Because, listen, you go to God and you boldly confess. What does it say in 1 John 4, 4? Are you there? Someone read that for us, please. Glory to God. He that is in you. Who's in you? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Who's in me? Come on, the creator of the universe. Come on. The spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. And so, you, so these are scriptures that I'm giving you that you can just sink your teeth in and you can boldly say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can expect good things to happen. Goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. You see, you begin to boldly say what God says and with faith's confession, you believe and have confidence and that brings the blessing to you. All right, let's go on. Oh, this is a good one, Isaiah. Oh, you got to turn here with me. Isaiah 41.10. I'm just giving you scriptures to write down that when you get caught, seem like in a situation, you say, what do I say? How, what do I need to confess? Oh, here's a good one. Say, this is a good one. Oh, you didn't say it like me, but that's all right. This is a good one. Oh, I like that. You got a little bit better. Okay, here we go. All right, someone read 41.10, please. First of all, what does it say? Do not fear. Who's with you? Who's with you? Man, that's good. Then what does it say? Don't be dismayed. What does some of your translations say for the word dismayed? What does that say? Don't be discouraged. What else? Anybody else is something different? Don't be terrified. Afraid. Come on. Isn't that good? I like that. All right. So why? Because I am, for I am your God. Isn't that good? Man, this is what I tell people. You have all of heaven backing you up. So why should we be afraid of anything? Say anything. Man, I got all of heaven backing me up. This is why you say greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Come on. You see? And, and you have to know this, what belongs to you. And there is, here's what it says. I will strengthen you. Who is saying this? God. God is saying, listen, if you're weak, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to take care of you. And then he only goes on and says this, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He'll, listen, even before the critics, even before people who talk about you, even before people who lie on you, come on, he'll hold you up, listen, with his righteous right hand. But we must boldly come before God, the throne of grace, and say what belongs to you. This, I'm talking about confession. What are you confessing? Are you confessing what God says or confessing what the world says? Come on now, somebody. Well, let's go over to Romans 8, 31. Oh, I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you a dose of, of just great confessions. We always confess this, but I want you to see it, mark it in your Bible, man, so you can boldly say. Say, I can boldly say. Say it again. So I can boldly say. Oh, yeah. Somebody read that for us. I want to hear it out of the message at some point, too. But let's hear that last. So someone else read 831 for us, please. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. What should we say about this? Come on. If God is for us. Now, the translators who translated this, and some have said this, because, because they're not asking it like if as if it's a doubt. It's doubt. They're saying if as a certainty, or they're saying since. Does some of you have that word since? 
Does anybody have that in your, in your translation? That's why it's always good to look at different translations. Because there are a translation that says this. It says, you know, since God is for us, who can be against us? That's what it's saying. Not if, like, like a doubting, well, well, if. No. See what I'm saying? If? You mean if God? No. Since God is, come on, for us, who can be against us? Who has message? Anybody? Okay, go ahead. How can we lose? We win. You win. Who's on your side? God. You win. We win every time. We should talk like that. Whatever you believe in God for, you believe you have it before you, before you have it. That's faith. That means I don't have to see it in order to believe it. I see it before I see it. Glory to God. Oh, that's good. Let me say that again. I see it before I see it. I see it in the eyes of the spirit before I see it naturally. It's mine. It belongs to me now. I'm not going to get it. I already have it. That's faith confession. That's what we say when we're speaking God's word. It belongs to me right now. I have healing. I'm healed when? Right now. I don't have, nobody has to tell me that I'm healed. I know I'm healed. Come on now. And I don't care if you look like, whoo, man, a mess. Hear me, a mess. You confess what God says. See, the looks, that's just temporary. Truth is on the inside. Come on now. And you have to tell your body sometimes you need to line up. Speak to your body. Say, body, you're strong. Your body says, really? Yes, you're strong. Come on now. Because you know, your body may feel like it's weak. But no, you tell your body the truth. You see, you begin to speak words, uh, you know, uh, uh, just power. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now quickens your body, quickens you. Get up. Betty will tell you all the time, and then she says, yeah, that's not fair because sometimes with you, and, and, and very rarely do I do this, and, and she catches me because I usually get on her more than she gets on me. But she'll be, she'll be, if she's ever sick at any time, it's very rarely, you know, really to the point where it puts you in the bed. Have you ever been, like, sick in the bed and you don't want to get up? Woo, we don't let each other stay in the bed. No. No. Now, I'm not talking about going to bed at night. I'm not talking about sleeping. I'm talking about in the bed feeling sorry for yourself. Are you listening? There's a difference. Listen to me. Because here's what happens. In the bed, oh, oh, how am I ever going to make it? Oh, I'm sick. Oh, what am I going to do? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can you, you got one leg out? Oh, I'm hot. All this stuff. Stop all that mess. What is that? Does that sound like a believer to you? That's a bunch of foolishness. Now, of course, you can say things like that. I mean, I, you can say things like that to your, to your family. So I would go in times, and Betty, she's never act like that. You know, she know I would tell it. So anyway, she'll act like that. And I, and, and, but, you know, she, she, she tells me sometimes, I mean, you're just a big old baby, as she'll tell me. And I have to snap out of it. Come on now, I have to snap out of it. But I tell her, what are you doing? She said, what do you mean? She said, I don't feel good. Well, you know what? Speak to your body. She said, that's it. Yep, see ya. I said, did we not pray about it? Yes. Well, what else you want to do? Listen. I mean, think about what I'm saying. Did we not pray about this? Did we not agree? Did we say by the stripes of Jesus that you are healed? Yes. Did we say that 1 Peter 2.24 that declares that? I mean, I mean, come on. You begin to quote scriptures. You know, you begin to say, yes, Matthew 8, 17. Yes, you begin to say, yeah, praise God. Third John, come on, too. You begin to say all these scriptures, okay? Now what? That means get up. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me, okay? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Dan, it sounds like there's no compassion, but there's a lot of compassion. But there's a lot of truth. Are you with me? Now, you say, wow, do you have precedent? Absolutely. <clears throat> Peter and John were going to the temple one day. And there was a beggar who was standing outside the temple, sitting outside the temple. And they said, look on us. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give to do. I give to you. What, what did he say after that? Just stay down there. You'll be all right. Oh, wait a minute now. What did he say? Did y'all know your Bible? He it said what? Get up. Get up. 
there's an act of faith, and that's what, see, even though everything that we said, and Betty clarified, it wasn't like you were taking a test, but your face is worse, okay, taking a test. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, joking. But what I'm saying is this. There is an act of faith because faith is an act. We talked about this before, didn't we? You have to act on what you believe. Do you know if you'll see, you have to find precedent in the word. You see, as I said, I shared on, was, was it Sunday? Yeah, or whatever Sunday that was. When we talked about the blind, yeah, on Sunday, the blind man, that Jesus spit in the dirt, made what? Mud, put it on his face, his eyes. Then he told him to go do something. So, so that means faith is an act. Now, what if he didn't? With mud on his face. Not only blind, but with mud on his face. Because he didn't act. Are you with me? You see, so there's something, there's precedent. So what I'm teaching you is precedent. It may sound like, you know, like what? Oh, my goodness. But no, stay with the word. Say, stay with the word. Okay, now, I just gave you that. Give me another example. Think about the gospel. Someone help me out. Give me another example. How about one of the huge ones we always use? The woman. Okay, all right. Help me out with that. What, what, what happened? But where was she at when she said this? She was in the crowd. So if she just said it, that's all she said was said it, would she have been healed? Why? Ah, because she didn't do anything. What did she have to do? So she had to act on what she And she had to confess what she believed. She made a faith confession. And when she made the faith confession, then she acted on what she said or confessed or believed in her heart. And as she went, she had confidence that all I've got to do is touch the hem of his garment. I'll be made whole. What happened? She touched him. But was it a regular touch? Was it a touch that everybody else was touching him? Then why was it different? How do we know? But how do we also know? Jesus, he made a point to stress that she touched me differently than anyone else. Okay, someone give me another example. I'm talking about faith application, the word of God. Give me another example about someone that you know they had to do something. Oh, come on. There you go. Now, th- thank you. Yes. That's right. Now, let's back up. These men heard that Jesus was coming or that he was healing. So they got together, and they said that they're going to bring him to Jesus. Now, but what's pointed out is simply this, is that when they got to the house, they couldn't get in. And listen, they said, let's take him up to the roof. Now, what did they do? They could have said, no, we ain't going to do that, man. Did they say that? What'd they do? Carried him up, lowered him down. See, listen what's happening here. They said, they made a faith confession, and they acted on what they said. Great example. Someone else. Blind Bartimaeus. All right. So what happened with blind Bartimaeus? Come on. Come on. And then what was he told to do? He got louder. What was he told to do by people? You know, what? Shut up. You know what I'm saying? What's wrong with you, you old beggar? Come on, man. Come on, I'm telling you. Be quiet. Be quiet. The master's coming through. He said, I know. I know he's coming through. I want him to hear me. You see? But he had to do something more than just say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. He got louder. Got his attention. And told him what he wanted. What do you want? Come on. I want to see. Come on. I'm telling you. Faith isn't act. You have to act. Okay, come on. Someone else. Give me some more. Tell him what you want. Someone else. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That's right. What they have to do? And one we know was thankful. But they all had to go. 
All right, isn't that great? See, when you begin to understand how to make application with the word and act on it and you put it together, the confession piece or part, the believing piece or part, the acting piece or part, it all works together. This is how the kingdom of God operates. Well, how did you get saved? We'll finish here. How did you get saved? So did you have to act on what you believe? How does faith come? So what you heard, what did you do with it? You believed it, you act on it, right? And then you believe with the heart, you made confession with the mouth. Are you saved? How do you know that? Is it because you, you feel like it? Okay, we ain't talking about feelings, are we? How do, you, how do you know you're saved then? Somebody talk to me. How do you know you're saved? By what the Word says. Thank you. Go back to the Word. Go back to the word. Anybody have any other examples before we close? We can go all night. There's plenty of examples. Plenty of examples. Woo, that's a good one. I mean, she got, how about the one that got called a dog, right? She said, bow wow. That's all she said. I don't care what you say. My dog, listen, roof, roof, whatever. I don't care, but guess what? You know what? Hey, you give me the bread. I don't care what. Come on. But I want, I want. What did she say I want? She said, I want. Right? I want who to be healed? Come on. Give me another one. Man, this is so good. I'm telling you. See, this is when you can understand this. How about the centurion? Woo-wee. Come on. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that good? He didn't even. Hmm. Come on. You see? So what happens, though? But he said something. He said something, I want you to notice, especially in the Gospels, especially when someone's getting healed or a need is being met, that Jesus is making an application for all of us to lay hold of. And he, listen, faith will stop him in his, in his tracks. It'll get his attention every time. Because even that, when, where was he headed? Who knows where he was going? This is another act. We're talking about the centurion. Where, would you, where was Jesus going? La- no, no, no. Oh, okay. So is it, is it, somebody's in the tree. Little man, remember that little song? Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's all right. I'm going to help you all out. Remember that little song? What's that little song go? How did it go? Something about. There you go. <laughs> Nobody knows the song. I thought especially y'all work with the kids. Okay, I don't know it. Anyway, so, you know, I don't know it either. I, but I heard it before. Okay, I'll even let y'all go. Anyway, so I'll let y'all go. But anyways, listen, listen, listen. Come on. Yes, he was. Now, what happened? Yeah. So what was Jesus? Yes. So remember, he's getting ready to go. He's trucking, man. Okay. Okay. So y'all have two to study, all right? So when we come back, don't look it up. Nobody else look up nothing else. But see, but you're, but, but listen, but what you're saying is, is, is I understand what you're saying, and that's what I want you to think about because a lot of times so much is happening. You guys are giving us so much information because all of a sudden you're going, wow, you're thinking about this, and you're thinking about that, and all these things that, that was happening, and you're connecting with faith, and you're connecting with action, and that's good. So that's, that's what we wanted you to do, and that's just to stir up you know, your heart and your mind and connect and put them all together. So now we're going to finish and we're going to bring our confession out one more time and we're going to finish making our confession. So let's bring that out together. Let's make our confession. Your homework is next Wednesday night. We're going to talk about where all these people are at and where they're going and what Jesus was doing. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Are you ready? All right. What? <laughs> okay. All right. Zacchaeus. Jairus, Centurion. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Okay, ready, read. I know what I confess, and I know what I possess. I confess Jesus as my Lord. Romans 10, 9, 10. I possess salvation. I confess that with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. I possess healing. I confess that the Son has made me free. John 8, 36. I possess absolute freedom. 
I confess that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Romans 5, 5. I possess the ability to love everyone. I confess that the righteous are bold as a lion. Proverbs 28, 1. I possess lion-hearted boldness in spiritual warfare against the devil. I confess that he hath said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, 5. I possess the presence of God each step of my way. I confess that I am the redeemed of the Lord. Psalm 107, 2. I possess redemption benefits every day. I confess that the anointing of the Holy One abideth in me. 1 John 2, 27. I possess yoke-destroying results by his anointing. I confess that in the name of Jesus, I can cast out devils. Mark 16, 17. I possess the authority for dynamic deliverances. I confess that I can lay my hands on the sick and they will recover. Mark 16, 18. I possess healing power for those oppressed by sickness. I confess that my God shall supply all my needs. Philippians 4, 19. I will lack for nothing since I possess God's abundant supply. Confess and possess the way is clearly marked. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together this evening. We thank you for your word.